We're going to continue our study of Ecclesiastes. For those who haven't been with us, we've been studying our way through Ecclesiastes. We're in chapter 5 today. Chapter 5, if you want to turn there in your Bibles, it will be up here behind me. But let me ask you a question. Why are you here? Now, I don't mean that in a philosophical sense. I mean that pragmatically. Why are you at church today? Are you at church because it's what you do Sundays? Are you at church to check a box? You know, did church, go on with my day, now I can go watch football or whatever. Are you here to hear from God? If you're here to worship and to hear from God, then that's what church is really about. And, and the preacher Solomon addresses this issue today. Why are you here? Why are you at church? The why of church. And we're going to see what, what Solomon has to say about it. The why of church. So let's read Ecclesiastes chapter 5. I'm going to read verses 1 through 7, and again it is up here behind me. Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. To draw near to listen is better than to offer the sacrifice of fools, for they do not know that they are doing evil. Be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God, for God is in heaven and you are on earth, therefore let your words be few. For a dream comes with much busyness, and the fool's voice with many words. When you bow about a God, do not delay paying it, for he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you vow. It is better that you should not vow than you should vow and not pay. Let not your mouth lead you into sin, and do not say before the messenger that it was a mistake. Why should God be angry at your voice and destroy the work of your hands? For when dreams increase and words grow many, there is vanity. But God is the one you must fear. So let's kind of work our way through this. Solomon, the, the preacher, talks about religious activity. Now, I re- usually I've read that from the uh, English Standard Version. I want to read it to you, the same verses, but I want to read them to you from the New Living Translation because I think it expounds a little bit on what, what the, the preacher Solomon is talking about. So let me read you these. It is up here, but I know it's very small. So, <clears throat> As you enter the house of God, keep your ears open and your mouth shut. It is evil to make mindless offerings to God. Don't make rash promises and don't be hasty in bringing matters before God. After all, God is in heaven and you are here on earth. So let your words be few. Too much activity gives you restless dreams. Too many words make you a fool. When you make a promise to God, don't delay in following through. For God takes no pleasure in fools. Keep all the promises you make to him. It is better to say nothing than to make a promise and not keep it. And don't let your mouth make you sin. And don't defend yourself by telling the temple messenger that the promise you made was a mistake. That would, be, that would make God angry and he might wipe out everything you have achieved. Talk is cheap like daydreams and other useless activities. Fear God instead. So you see, he brings out, I like, I like the wording of the New Living Translation in a couple of places. Keep your ears open and your mouth shut. Mindless offerings to God. 
Now, we, we need to acknowledge that there's a difference between the temple and the church. We are now the temple, right? We now house the Holy Spirit. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit in Christ. And so we are now the temple. The church is the gathered, assembled people of God. It's the place where we come, where we gather together. And there's so much in the New Testament about the one another's of church. Even Solomon has talked about it back in verse 3, or chapter 3, rather. He talked about how we need each other, the court of three strands, Christ, the believer, and the church, and, and how those make, all, make the, the church and the, and the believer stronger. So he's talked about all of this as the church. So w there's a difference between the temple and the church. And apparently in Solomon's day, they had a problem with people who just mindlessly came to the temple, went through the motions of, of the temple service, and then went home. They checked the box. Now, is that just an Old Testament problem? That's, that's just, a time, just something for Solomon's day, right? Because we're much, so much more pious and holy that we don't ever do this. We don't, we don't just come to church and check the box, okay? Went to church because it's Sunday and that's what you do on, on Sunday. I, so I, I came to church, checked that box, go back home, and it made no difference to me. That's what Solomon's talking about in these verses. That's what he's telling us is why are you doing church? Do you remember the song, Our God is an Awesome God? Everybody remembers that song. Even the young ones remember that song. That song has been around a long time. And it's a great song, and we can sing it at the top of our, our lungs. But we use the same word awesome to describe God and pizza and ice cream. I, I do. Ice cream. Double plays. Touchdowns. We might actually even get a little more excited about the double plays and the touchdowns and the ice cream than we do about God. We need to restore the awe of God. How do we restore the awe of God? Well, that, you heard from, uh, from Brad, our men's group right now. It's going through Genesis. And if, it, it's a really good place. If you want to restore the awe of God, Genesis is a great place. Because what you see, who you meet there, is the God who created everything from nothing by speaking it into existence. That's the God we're here for today. And, and read, read some more. You want to know about Jesus? Read John 11, where Jesus recreates life in Lazarus by saying, Lazarus, come out. Speaks life into Lazarus. Or, or in Mark 4 or Matthew 8, when, when Jesus calms the storm, the wind and the waves listen to him. That's the God we come focused on today. That's the God. We need to restore our awe of God because we cannot, we cannot miss the point that everything God does is from who he is. Everything he does is from who he is. When God, first, first uh, John 4 tells us God is love. And so his love comes from who he is, his mercy, his grace, his justice, his peace all comes from who he is. So we have to focus on who God is. 
and that's why we're actually here. We come not to check a box, not to be heard, but to hear. And, and to focus for just this hour of the, of the week, focus on the God that creates everything by speaking it into existence. The, the Christ who gave himself for us and speaks life into the dead. That God. We come to worship that God. We come together for that God. Solomon describes here those who come carelessly to the house of God. They wander in because it's what you do on the Sabbath. They go through the motions of worship. They leave undaunted, unimpressed, and unchanged. You cannot encounter God in worship, encounter God in his word, and remain unchanged. This, this is transformational. It wasn't written to inform you. It was written to transform you. And so you can't in, in have this encounter with God and not be changed by it. The, the psalmist tells us that God inhabits, inhabits the praises of his people. We cannot encounter God in worship and be unchanged. We cannot check the box, go through the motions, and go home unchanged. That's what Solomon is talking about here. That's the, 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 the problem with church. That's the wrong why to check the box and go home unchanged is the wrong why. It's easy, and I will tell you, as anybody in ministry can tell you, it's easy to get caught up in the busyness of church. It's a busy thing. I come on Sunday mornings, and I, I make laps around this, this building praying, and I gotta get mics set up, and I gotta get, and there's so much busyness about church, and it's easy to do if you're a worship leader or if you're leading a Sunday school class, or if you're leading some sort of Bible study, it's really easy to get caught up in the busyness of church. That's what, that's what uh, Solomon warns us about. He warns us about the busyness of church. You know, with God, it is always about being before doing. Always. Jesus said, come follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Be with me, and then I will give you something to do. If we come, if we come to church being worshipers and followers of Christ, it's going to change the why of church for us. It's going to change what we do, why we do it, and the why of church. To be a worshiper when I get here. I said earlier, uh, everything about God is is what he does is from who he is he is love and therefore he loves and has mercy and has grace and 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 justice jesus everything jesus said jesus said i am the way the truth and the life i am the resurrection and the life jesus continued to tell us who he is because that's who we need to be in, being before doing. It's always with God about being before doing. So Solomon tells us not to come to church, the, 
just to check the box, go through the motions, and go home unchanged. He tells us to come to church and be in Christ. Be worshipers. Be disciples. Be, be before do. So we can't get caught up in the busyness of church and the, and the hasty heart, as, as Solomon calls it. We have to be with Christ. That's what church should be. That's what church should be about. And he, he addresses specifically three, three uh, areas. He talks about offerings and prayers in verses 1 and 2. And he talks about oaths in verses 4 through 7. So let's look at that. Offering and prayer. We no longer sacrifice animals up here. I'm not saying that we ever did. I'm just saying that's not what church is about anymore. Why? Because it's been fulfilled in Christ. It's no longer needed. What we now do is what Paul tells us in, in Romans 12. He says that we are the sacrifice. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. We're the sacrifice now. So we come and we give our all to the God who gave himself for us. We come and give our all, all we got, all we have, all we are, we give to him. And we pray recognizing that he's in charge and we're not. You realize that just, just the, the, the act of prayer is recognizing God's sovereignty. It's recognizing I need help. I, I'm actually, I'm trying to run my life, but I'm not doing a very good job. And so I need somebody better. That's what prayer is, is just recognizing the sovereignty of God. Recognizing who he is. Recognizing God for who he is and what he's done. And then, then he talks about oaths. Now, the New Testament has a lot to say about oaths. Most of it is don't. It's pretty much don't. Don't do this. But I, but I want to ask you a question, and, and I'm going to leave the answer to you. You don't have to answer out loud. In fact, it might be better if you didn't. If, if I come and I give my all to God, I come and I give everything I got. God, you have my tithe, my offering. I give myself to you. And then God says, well, I want you to go do this. And you say, ah, no. No, I don't like that. I don't want to go there. I don't want to do that. Are you breaking an oath? See, I think you are. I think that's tantamount to, to breaking an oath. To, to say to God, I give you everything except. Except this part. I give you everything as long as it doesn't include fill in the blank. I think we're breaking an oath when we do that. The New, New Testament tells us can, can, time after time after time not to make oaths to God. But I think when we, we come and we give our all and hold back, we're breaking an oath to God. We give our all in our offering. And if we don't, we're breaking an oath. So Solomon talks a lot about useless activity. Uh, the, the New Living Translation in verse 7 says, Talk is cheap like daydreams and other useless activities. Fear God instead. This is what Solomon's talking about in these verses. Useless activity. 
Because you cannot do enough religious stuff to make up for what you need in Christ. It's impossible. You cannot possibly pile up enough good works or enough religious activity or teach enough Sunday school classes or sing enough praise songs to make up for what you need in Christ. You cannot. God is about being before doing. Be in Christ. That's why we do church. That's why we're here. If you are in Christ, if you come as a worshiper and disciple of Christ, it changes your whys. It changes what you do and it changes why you do it and it changes the why of church. To be a worshiper. So I have to ask you, do you need to refocus this morning? Do you need to, to rethink why you're here today? Do you need to come to Christ for the first time? Maybe as you think about all of this, you think, well, I'm not in Christ. I don't know what that means. I'm going to ask that you bow your heads for a moment. I want you to consider this, this question. Are you in Christ? Are you a worshiper and disciple of Christ? You can become one today. Everything about you can change today. All of your whys change today in a simple prayer. First, we acknowledge that we have sin in our lives. God, I have sin in my life. I've said things wrong, I've thought things wrong, I've done things wrong, and I know the Bible calls that sin. But I trust that Jesus came and died in my place on that cross. He, he died to pay my price. And so I ask you to come into my life Empower me. Make me yours. Let me be in Christ. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, you need to let somebody know. Elbow your neighbor, let them know. Come and let me know. Maybe this morning you know Christ, but if you look at the last week, if you look at the last few times you've been to church, if you look at this morning, you realize that it's, you, you're, you don't have the right why for church. Will you take this moment to correct that with God? Father, we thank you for this, your word. We thank you for the reminder of why we're here. We come as worshipers and disciples of Christ. We come to praise you for who you are and to hear from you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.